1: Alex, huge news in the world of baseball this week. Massive news, groundbreaking. Everything is changing. News.
0: It's true. Although I don't know if this is a tee up for a, like a real news segment because there was some real groundbreaking news, or if this was a you know a tee up for a bit. It's I'm probably it's like you don't ladder. know me at all. It's like you don't. It's like you've never been on this show
1: before, a show that you created. <laughs> and have been on every single episode of um no the big news this week is that tipping pitches is doing a merch drop that is right this is the groundbreaking news everybody is talking about in baseball
0: in the last week we have a couple new shirts for y'all and um and another non-shirt product bobby But of course, we're not going to tell you what that is until the end. That's called a tease. That's what the
1: professionals do. And we're professionals now. I hate to break it to everybody. I'm sorry. Uh, We have other stuff to talk about before that, Alex. We have a name change for one of the 30 Major League Baseball teams. We have some minor league treatment updates. I don't know. A a story about how the Angels minor leaguers are being treated. Uh, Same shit, different day. Alex is going to do his weekly update on... How the development of the Oakland Athletics, or maybe not Oakland Athletics, stadium is going. But before we do all of that, and before we tell you about these new designs, I am Bobby Wagner. I am Alex Baisley. And you are listening to Tippy Pitches. <music> Alex, did you ever read the uh, the book series, The Guardians of Gahul? Did you ever read that one? Did you tune into that? Nope. Gotta oh. say, I, I turned those one pages. flew past
0: my radar.
1: Wow. Nice punch. Guardians oh. of Gahul. It's about owls. It's about owls who guard a, a place, a, f- a fictional place. The Guardians of Gahul. Is the place Gahul? I think so. Have, I read oh, wait, one of the books. You... I don't remember okay. all of them. Uh, the movie was adapted by one Zack Snyder, <laughs> famous from Justice League and 300, and a a number of other things, including toxic online fandom. Uh, It's going to take me about, I'd put this at three years before I'm used to Guardians being a team name, and it doesn't remind me of Guardians of Gahul. I don't know why. Like I just said, I read one of the several books in the series, and I have not seen the Guardians of Gahul movie, but
0: for some reason this is stuck in my poisoned brain. Yeah, that's that is interesting. I mean, there were there have I think been some more recent uh, uh, cultural touchstones that invoke the Guardians' name that we are we are not the first to uh, Guardians of the Galaxy banned on this podcast. No Chris Pratt yeah. allowed. No, absolutely. I wasn't even going to say it, but you you hopped right in there. So, <laughs> Sheesh. Uh, should we should we actually talk about the the
1: Cleveland baseball team changing their name? Yes, let's let's do it. They did the damn thing. So everybody knows by now that uh, Cleveland will no longer go by a racist name and they will now go by the name The Guardians. Uh, this broke earlier last week. And I want to start out by saying I want, I intentionally resisted the urge to share an opinion on the name right away. Because like a lot of people pointed out, it's just weird to like think of a name for anything, especially a professional sports team. If it's not just going to be the name of an animal then people aren't going to make fun of it because they might think that it sounds stupid. Uh, it took us about three weeks to settle on a name for this podcast, and we just didn't really have a reason for it. We just came up with random baseball phrases. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to resist the urge to share an opinion about this name for a few days. And in that few days, there have been a lot of different discourse cycles, some of which in good faith, some of which obviously in bad faith, as all things in the world of baseball. Um, but I want to talk about a couple of those things. First things first. I wanted to ask you what your immediate reaction was to the name change and the design change, the logo change too, because I know that you shared an opinion or two on that immediately after the news.
0: Yeah. So they, they will be the Cleveland guardians as you, as you mentioned, uh, starting next season. So, you know, because God forbid they, they move too quickly on this, a a victory
1: lap for the, uh, for the old racist
0: name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, retirement tour and the the name which i'm sure many of our listeners know by now uh, alludes to the uh the quote guardians of traffic which are these um art deco sandso- sandstone sculpted figures that's a tough uh, one yeah, Peter they, Piper uh, picked up probably pepper. a better way of re- better way of phrasing that yeah um <laughs> but they they sit on the Hope Memorial Bridge and they uh they are these icons of the Cleveland metropolitan area and they're they're really they're really gorgeous um uh, figures I should say first off if you haven't seen photos of them they're they're really these incredible towering um, features. We tried to book them for this podcast, but they're very busy this week. You know, a lot so of breaking busy. news. Yeah, their their PR person was just not getting back to us at they're all. They're doing the ESPN Daily instead. <laughs> I but you know my immediate reaction was cool. I, sounds this it it already puts the name in like I would argue the top half of baseball team names. Right now, like it has ties to the city and the city's cultural history. It is not derivative of an animal or a item of clothing or an action you take when trying to get out of the way of an oncoming bus or car. You might you might um, you might refer to yourself as a dodger. So like it's fine, I right? Like i I I feel no particular way about it. And like you said, like the th- when you think about any word or name of anything for for too long, you start to think why why is it like this? This word doesn't make sense anymore. But Guardian, the Cleveland Guardians is a perfectly fine name. I would have loved to see more creativity with the design a little bit. And I know that as some of our followers rightly pointed out to us on Twitter that this is the the design will obviously evolve over time but it really kind of felt like they just swapped out the names and kind of left it at that the color scheme is the exact same the it still feels very derivative of the cleveland team that we've come to know over the last few decades which i'm sure many people are fine with i'm not a cleveland fan so my voice probably doesn't even matter in this situation um but i don't know i think there's there could have been some cool ways to get get creative with it incorporate some of the art deco style into the actual logo itself we can we can talk about that that guardian baseball logo if you really want to um but describe uh, a visual yeah. thing on a podcast <laughs> yeah so it's a baseball flying through the air and on either side these, <laughs> i'm not even going to do it no um, okay i uh, last uh, your last point
1: there i want to dig in a little bit more on because I think that if you take this action individually, I think that, like you said, I, I think that it's cool, fine. I think the name is okay. But we shouldn't, and it's impossible to divorce the actual name change this past week with the string of actions leading up to the name change, which was, for the longest time, a refusal and an ostracization of people who said it should be changed. Rightfully, we're saying it should be changed at the time. Uh, and then a long period of just ignoring people who were calling for it to change until the the outcry got too loud. The Washington football team changed their name, and Cleveland felt like, Okay, we should finally do this we're you know we're fifty years too late to this, but we should finally do this and because of that, it felt disingenuous from the very beginning to the fact that they were changing their name. It felt like a business decision that they felt it was going to become untenable to keep the name in the face of all of the anger and hurt that they were causing uh, because it would actually eventually affect their bottom line. Um, I don't think that they're changing this name out of the goodness of their heart. And then when you factor in the way that they changed it, which is to say, minimally, like they changed three letters, we shouldn't go this whole segment without pointing that out. And the baseball with the wings logo that you're referring to, if you rotate it about 270 degrees, the print of it, the shape of it, looks a lot like the Chief Wahoo logo. So I saw some people theorizing, and I don't know if this is true, uh, I saw some people theorizing that that was sort of a way to like save money on printing costs. You know, it's like, (laughs) you just sub out the logo. I don't know if any of that is true. Whether it's true or not, I think that the point still stands that They changed as little as possible after telling people for a really long time that they didn't want to change anything. So this sort of felt like a here, damn, if we have to do this, we'll do it. And I think that that is completely fair for people to say and completely fair for fans of the team and non-fans of the team alike to be hurt by. They haven't been transparent, haven't been honest, and they haven't really been very contrite about this throughout the whole thing. So I think that when the change you make is marginal after these actions that were harmful repeatedly, then I think it's fair for some people to say, okay, maybe this wasn't enough. But then I think that it comes back to where you originally started your point where a lot of people pointing out that they can still change this logo. They can still update it. It can be an evolving process. It is better than it was one week ago where they were still, for some reason, refusing to change this name after all of this time. And that's bar on the ground. That's clearing a bar that's on the ground, but at least they cleared it, I guess.
0: I really don't know. And like you said, I'm not the person to decide. Right. I, you know, I don't think it's our place to say whether or not this action is close to, to enough or, or anything like that. And I, I would love if, like you said, they showed a little more remorse in their and sincerity in their public dialogues about this sort of thing. I am kind of interested in seeing if this puts any pressure and I don't have a a, a ton of hope that it will but put pressure on the team down in Atlanta to take similar actions because their name is just as equally offensive and use just as equally offensive iconography and their fans do equally like <laughs> despicably racist chants at the game. Does this put the, you know, does this put their ownership in the hot seat a little bit? I'm, I don't know. What do you think? I, I know that these teams are all kind of making these decisions independently but i can't i can't imagine that these are not conversations that are already going on i think probably not honestly i hate to be cynical
1: i hate to be cynical but atlanta has this like bad faith way out of the conversation by saying oh we're just trying to honor this history of this country by naming ourselves after a tribe and you know we're competing in their spirit and it's that's clearly not what they're doing, obviously. It just shouldn't even need to be said, but I will say it for the sake of clarity. But I, I, if this was going to change from Atlanta, you would hear it three years ahead of time because yeah. we heard it three years ahead of time in Cleveland. So until you start to hear that bubbling up from Atlanta, my prediction, my cynical worldview of Major League Baseball and how its individual teams operate is that Nothing is going to change in the immediate short term.
0: Yeah, that's fair. What did you um, What did you think about the the announcement video itself, narrated by our Bay Area native icon Tom Hanks? Can you help me understand why Tom Hanks is
1: voicing that over?
0: Is he a I can. Cleveland fan? I, I, actually, I, I, I actually can because I was curious about this. Uh, same thing myself, right? Because he was not born there and he also doesn't live there. And so I was a little curious why they would have, would have pegged him. You know, I mean, they could have gone with Steve Harvey. Could have gone with, uh, Halle Berry. I'm just looking up celebrities born in Cleveland right now. Steve Harvey. The more, you know, the more, you know, right. Um, but Tom Hanks has, um, some deep rooted ties there. Uh, and he, he essentially credits the, um, he credits the 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 great lakes the great lakes theater in cleveland as basically being the the place where his career started he spent 3 summers working there and has gone on to shout out the city and the theater um hmm. many times over the course of his career so okay. it it's a movie and, podcast now it uh, and see it's a movie podcast and so Top it five seems Tom like Hanks he uh, uh, uh toy story 1 big Toy Story and then, 3. <laughs> <laughs> that seems to be the connection. Okay. Start of his at, start of his career. Which, All right. I just know, there I, are there are worse connections to
1: make. I was just curious. It's not important to the to how I feel about the video. Here's how I feel about the video. Just didn't mention any reason that they're changing. Just completely ignored the reason that they're changing and this is kind of what I mean when I say there was no atonement going on here there is no nobody felt bad throughout all of this announcement they were dancing around it and the video is just like a series of platitudes and it seems like really sawed the edges are sawed down by some like PR market testing mechanism in a way that honestly feels like it's missing the tone like the tone for we had a racist name for 70 years should not be Chevrolet commercial and yet that's what we
0: got. Yes, I, I agree. So I'm interested to see. We're obviously in the very early stages of this whole rollout. And we don't really have a sense of what the uniforms might look like, what uh, hats might look like. Although, again, if you if you just look at the current uniforms and squint a little bit, you're probably basically there. Yeah.
1: And that's not even to say that, like everything that Tom Hanks, I keep wanting to say Tom Cruise. Don't know why. That's not everything to say that Tom Hanks said in the video is not true. Like, it can be true. that You can have a beautiful blue-collar history. The team can have been there for a lot of people who are in that city. But that's not really what we're talking about here. We're talking about changing the name because it was wrong. It was a wrong thing to do. And, you know, up until this point, I have not seen much accountability there. And it's probably because the only person who can really take accountability for something like this is the owner and the owner never takes accountability for anything in public. That's why they're the owner because the owner was the only, the owner, the several owners who have owned Cleveland throughout the time that they had this name. Those are the only people that's where the buck stops. Like if they wanted to change the name, the name would change. So no GM is going to go voluntarily, voluntarily take the fall for this. When in fact they couldn't have changed it themselves. They didn't have that authority. And I mean, the day that Paul Dolan comes out here and says sorry to anyone for anything is the day that hell freezes over and this podcast stops. So, yeah, it's true. I also sorry it means it because maybe he'll say sorry in some statement somewhere and then I don't want to have to end the podcast for no reason. Even even
0: that seems like a bit (laughs) of a stress to me, if we're being quite (laughs) honest. I just want to say before we move on from this, uh, obviously, not everyone was very receptive to this news. Um, Plenty of conservatives uh you know the the traditionalists among us were were somewhat outraged and saying you know why why the need to bend over backwards for this uh you know woke cancel culture that's coming for baseball yeah and frankly i don't see why they needed to change the name from indians because that is a it's you know there's so much history in there there in, in that name and to that i say. You better have just as much love for the five names that this franchise had before Indians as you do for this sixth one, you know? Like where I are you going to be out here caping to to call them the Grand Rapids Rustlers again? Rustlers would have been cool. Rustlers would have been cool. Cleveland Rustlers? They, Cleveland Lakeshores? E not as not as great. No. What I'm, are you I'm, trying I'm, to
1: imply by being that Like you just are resistant over time to water hitting you. (laughs) We could play through a lot of
0: rain. Not knowing much about the uh, topography and geography of the uh, the general Midwestern area. I I suppose I can't really weigh in on this one. Um, I personally, if they were going to go back to any historical name, I'm partial to the Cleveland Naps. Um, which yeah. is is named for the iconic player Naplejoy, but mostly just makes me think of a of a baseball team that is I don't know interested in self care.
1: Elite athletes all take all naps, saying. Alex. That they
0: that they do the new market inefficiency.
1: So, so I've heard. I'm not an elite that elite athlete, nor do I take naps. Uh, it's just not for me. I just don't feel rested afterwards. Um, okay, I would like to talk about June Lee's story in ESPN. Um, talking with minor leaguers unless you have anything else to add about the
0: Cleveland Guardians. I don't but they uh, they that, that at Guardians handle on Twitter is already occupied by one movie franchise so they're going to have uh, to do some finagling over there
1: at Guardians underscore CLE one <laughs> <laughs> exactly that's what we would get and we would rock with it okay we would roll with the punches. Whoever has tipping pitches if you're listening It's weird that you've never reached out to us yet because you don't tweet. Um, Okay, let's move on. I'd like to talk about Jun Lee's story in ESPN, talking to Angels minor leaguers about the conditions that they face at various levels and um, how that adversely affects their player development and mental health and lives. Uh, But quickly first, last week we spent a lot of the podcast talking about um, John Fisher, the Oakland Athletics, the stadium developments, um the non-binding vote happened on Tuesday Alex. It's my understanding that the Oakland City Council voted yes with some stipulations. Can you demystify this for me?
0: You're just I can like try a, to. you're just like
1: an Oakland City Council reporter now at this point. I
0: absolutely am doing my best over here. I'm doing my I'm putting my journalist hat on and it's really the only time I do that uh over the course of this podcast is when we're talking about like city council and legislature issues. The 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 city council voted on a term sheet, it was not the term sheet that the Oakland A's had put forth and that they requested a vote on. It was a a modified term sheet that the city council had gone back and revised. And at the at the upfront of this whole process, the A's basically said, "If you if you don't vote yes on our term sheet, even if you vote yes on another term sheet, we we still see that as a as a no for us, and we're gonna you know start making plans elsewhere." Well, the city council effectively called them on their bluff and said, well, we're not going to cave to you, but we would like you to stay in Oakland if we can maybe come to an agreement on how to how to make that happen. And it's worth pointing out that a lot of the city council members also were not a fan of the term sheet put forth. The modified it term seems sheet. like. The modified term sheet. No one is really happy with any of this. And it was a non-binding vote. And negotiations are going to be ongoing, which is really funny because I, um, I kind of thought that this was it, that this was the drop dead date. And the A's were going to be moving to Las Vegas after this. So, um, hmm, interesting there. We can, uh, we can turn to Rob Manfred for a little expertise on this, who, uh, who said, for the last four years at my request and urging, The Athletics have invested significant resources and have made a major commitment to their community in the hopes of remaining as Oakland's only major professional sports franchise. We're disappointed the City Council chose to vote on a proposal to which the A's had not agreed. We will immediately begin conversations with the A's to chart a path forward for the club. Thanks, Rob. Sounds like they weren't exactly prepared for the City Council to just move forward Kind of a baller move by the city
1: council. They're just like, we're just going to change your offer and then we're going to tell you that we're going to vote yes on this changed offer. But we're not happy still. Yes. That's what counter proposals are. Pretty much. And
0: again, (laughs) can I say quickly,
1: yes, in that offer includes $352 million of public funds. I didn't read the, the gritty details and I don't know if the gritty details are even decided on where that would come from and what that would mean. But let me just say that the Oakland Athletics have said that there is no world in which they can accept $352 million of public funds. That's nowhere near enough for them. And I'm supposed to believe that John Fisher is this ace businessman who is worthy of all of our praise and admiration because he's amassed billions of dollars over his life, most of which was inherited through a trust fund and managing his family's money and deforesting which is like as easy as it gets. Like You just make money for cutting down trees. Congratulations. Um, I'm supposed to believe that $352 million to build a ballpark is not enough. $352 million plus whatever private loan you can secure at whatever extremely low rate because you're an antitrust-exempt sports franchise, which, as we've talked about a billion times, is just a license to print money. So you can get whatever loan at probably whatever rate you really want. Yeah,
0: yeah. So this is just three hundred
1: fifty-two million free dollars.
0: Yes, that they are still negotiating where those funds will come from. There's talk about bringing in the the county to assist with some of that. Why don't we just bring in inter international funds? We're readily moving in that direction. We really are. Um, These are. It's also worth pointing out that these are not even funds that would go directly to the. Uh, development of the ballpark itself, which the A's are privately financing a billion dollars for. These would go to quote-unquote offside infrastructure improvements, which that might mean anything from traffic control to uh, new uh, state-of-the-art offices for the A's brass. So there's still a lot to be ironed out here. That much is fair. Um but the A's have, you know, also floated, hey, maybe we'll move to Henderson, Nevada. E- even though it's um in the middle of Nevada. <laughs> which is not I, rooted in Oakland. Let me just tell you it's something it's, about Nevada. It's not Oakland. It's not Oakland. Also, um I, n- not many waterfronts around there, so I hear, on yeah. which to build your crown jewel uh, ballpark. Like, but hey, the whole I, thing. I I and could I could be proven wrong.
1: Deserts might change. they they might suddenly get a lot of water from what i understand about climate change it's very fluid it's definitely not getting drier
0: and hotter right of course the climate changes bobby it gets cooler it gets warmer it gets cooler again right it's a cycle boom bust
1: um how much is the united nations gonna have to pony up
0: for this ballpark
1: (laughs) someone has a billion dollars roaming around let's be honest
0: yeah it's true unfortunately
1: it's a bank and that means that John Fisher will have to pay it back which is like not his MO
0: clearly <laughs> yeah are we going to get some like some like russian bots <laughs> coming in here influencing the outcome of any city council city council uh decisions going forward there's still an environmental impact review that has to happen and there's a actual binding vote that will happen at a later date but for now it's really just all kind of smoke and mirrors and you know that's, that's what you get when negotiating with billionaire team owners. What can I tell you?
1: I'd love to be able to tell listeners of this show, like, this is the time where you actually really have to pay attention and this is when we will know whether the A's are going to leave or not. But there's never going to be a time. It's just going to be one day the A's are going to decide to actually walk away or they're going exi- to decide to accept the proposal. There is no... Until the Coliseum leases up, which is in two
0: years? It's tw- after 2024.
1: Yes. So until that day... We are not going to know definitively, or until one of those two events happens, and it's infuriating. And yet, Rob Manfred is putting out statements about how shocked and disappointed he is, and hanging I, out with
0: Travis Scott. I am, God, I am looking forward to going and watching the A's play um, at Tesla Field in in Henderson, Nevada, and taking a a uh, glorified subway train there. That's going to be fun. That would be that would be sweet. Mm-hmm.
1: Again, though, Elon Musk cannot, cannot. If Rob listens to this show, please don't honor any other request I've ever had for you. That's fine. But please do not. It's in your best interest, too, to not let Elon Musk buy a baseball team. He's going to try to move it to Mars. When does, when does Jeff Bezos get into the baseball business? No, 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 nope not allowed. Uh okay, let's talk about let's talk about June's piece in ESPN. Um June Lee, former guest of this uh here podcast. Uh he wrote a piece in ESPN titled Some Players Say Los Angeles Angels Failing in Treatment at Minor League Level as GM Vows to Address It. Uh we know by now that minor leaguers make less than minimum wage. We've talked about this a million times. Um we hear a lot of quotes from former players, from anonymous players. I thought that what was One of the interesting factors in June's piece was that he's talking to current players who are currently in the system who are trying to get called up, which to me is an indication of how dire the situation has really become for these guys and a sort of shifting Overton window about how we can talk about the minor leagues. Um, That's a silver lining. Now comes the more depressing part. Uh, June talked to players who, who cited their conditions and some of those conditions are, you know, as bad as, Six guys living in a two-bedroom apartment with three people sleeping in the living room because they can't afford the rent for their own places in these small towns. Need I remind you, Artie Moreno is worth billions of dollars as are the Los Angeles Angels. Um, Other guys saying that the Angels are asking them to eat up to 4,000 calories in a day but only providing them with 800 calories worth of food. Uh, Another instance of four teammates bunking together in a camper van in a trailer park. While others are living out of their cars. So it's, I I encourage people to read it because it's in the direct words of the people who this is affecting um, and sort of lays out some of the details of how this actually affects these people's lives. Um, It affects them financially and that they are going into debt to continue to pursue their baseball dream. Um, It affects their mental health because they're just, all of their needs are being ignored by their employer, which is a, really hard thing to come to terms with when they they drafted you and they took you in and you thought that this was your one chance and then they just turned around and treated you like shit. Um, I don't know. There, there's not like some grand takeaway, but does it give you a little bit more encouragement to see more people bringing these things to light? Or is it just like disheartening that
0: these teams can take this much negative PR and not do anything about it? the fact that these stories are coming out at a seemingly increasing pace is something that is honestly encouraging to me and it's a little stunning that june was able to get active players to go on the record and talk about this um we i think we've discussed this on the show before but there is very little for them to gain in in doing this and a lot to lose because teams will teams teams have cut players for far less than speaking out against uh conditions in their organization. So and the fact that this is showing up in the pages of a of a place like ESPN which you know like it or not has significant clout in the in the sports community is is big. Like that's not nothing. Um I would love to see and this maybe is not a surprise, but more collectivized voices uh, on this sort of thing, because it seems like we're getting a lot of one off stories about individual teams who are treating their minor leaguers terribly in like slightly, <laughs> slightly different ways. And creative, you could say creative ways. Yes, exactly. <laughs> the, the 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 Michelangelos of of wage theft. Um, is there a class at like at,
1: at like business schools? Like when you're getting your MBA, you think that there is any like hyper specific class out there that's like ways that you can create more value from running a baseball franchise one-on-one?
0: I'm I'm sure there is, and uh, I mean the, the 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 class is just these owners having conversations with each other and yeah. giving each other tips, like that's a store where it brand peanut butter
1: instead of Jif. <laughs> Serve it on Wonder Bread instead of you know fucking I don't know what a healthier brand of bread is than that. I, <laughs> uh, Ar-
0: Arnold. I buy Arnold. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it's good bread. No free yeah. ads.
1: Yeah. Arnold, no please free send ads. our
0: check our way. We intended to incorporate you into this conversation in this exact route. I think that a lot of credit has to be given to the organizations who have been banging this drum for for years now. Um, and it 's no they are no stranger to these um, sound waves, but places like more than baseball and advocates for minor leaguers who are creating an environment in which players feel like they actually have support here and that means something players recognizing that they 're not alone in this and that there is actually significant like public opinion to back them up on this is huge, and so if nothing else that that gives me encouragement that like the Overton window is slowly but surely shifting, yeah, I agree with all that. Um, two
1: things that I wanted to point out. Number one, there's a a point in the piece where a player says, um it's Kieran Lovegrove who plays for the Rocket City trash Pandas. Um, he says that the current living conditions for minor leaguers in the angel system. They, they prove through actions, if not words, but through actions that Artie Moreno does not care about winning. And this is a guy who says that he cares about winning. This is a guy who tries to go out in free agency and patch up some of the problems with the Angels. Um, but much has been written. A lot of um, oxygen has been spent. A lot of in- ink has been printed about how the Angels can't put a winning team around Mike Trout. And now around Mike Trout and Shohei Ohtani, two of the best players in baseball, if not the two best players in baseball. And do you want to know why? Read this story. Because Mike Trout has been the best player in baseball since 2012. And they could have drafted 24 other guys by now and developed them into a better team than they currently have around him. They could have won World Series by now if they ran their operation like some other teams who treat their minor leaguers just slightly better. Like, don't pay them well or, you know, don't pay them what their actual market value would be in this artificially suppressed market. If they just gave them, like, state-of-the-art equipment and good food, that's it. June goes on to list some of the organizations that have overhauled their minor league system. And when I say overhaul, it really is, like, bottom of the barrel, bare minimum. Like, he, he cites... Cleveland feeds them three good meals a day and they have a great weight room and they're like the model. I mean, they've developed more good baseball players than any other franchise has, more or less. When you factor in all of the great pitchers that Cleveland has developed and then traded away, their player development is thought of as some of the best team in baseball. If you just switch to organizations, if you just gave Cleveland Mike Trout, maybe they win the World Series. So if Los Angeles... Took Cleveland's model of actually treating some of their minor leaguers like humans in some ways, perhaps they could also win a World Series. So sorry, Angels fans, but Artie Moreno doesn't actually want to win. I think that you might know that, but this just goes to hammer it home. That's number one. And then the second thing I want to point out is, and June puts this in the headline, so like you need to kind of say what the team said back in that the the GM responded to this story through a statement. Angel's general manager, Perry Manassian, responded in a statement through a team spokesperson. Quote, what is being reported is unacceptable, and we will look into it and address it. So is this the first time he's hearing about it? He just didn't know. I didn't know that we were only paying you $1,600 a month and your rent is $2,000. Just didn't know. Right. Never came across my desk.
0: CEOs like to like to pretend they are really doing a lot of work and they know the ins and outs of the organization because the buck stops with them. Uh and until then every time something someone, bad happens. Something bad happens. It's like, oh, actually that one I wasn't I didn't know about that. That one stops with the farm director. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really on on him. We're gonna take action.
1: What is being reported is unacceptable. So the no coach realized that six of his players were at the same address yeah they all just take the same car together (laughs) and they all all of their their minuscule paychecks get sent to the same address Mm -hmm. but we just didn't know that's the company line and then like they get away with it you know the teams get away with it because it's fun to watch Shohei Otani it really is
0: Mm -hmm. yeah it's hard you went two for three with a homer and a stolen base today like fuck man um
1: that's all i got that's all i got on june's piece um we'll link to it in the description and as always you can support more than baseball directly i I encourage you to follow with what advocates from minor leaguers share um it's a little harder to support them directly but they do a lot of good um Basically like investigative reporting About stuff like this Like they break a story like this Multiple times a week So um, make sure you're following along With what they're doing And then obviously If you want to buy Unionize the Miners shirts The proceeds from that Do go to More Than Baseball To help try and solve As much of these issues as possible For an organization That is not the billion dollar
0: behemoth That is Major League Baseball Yes, well put Okay, should we uh, should we take a break and then, and then hit some three up through down? Yep, let's do it all right let's start with down go for it kick it off okay <laughs> just there it is straight into the point i like it um my downs are all over the places
1: i can't wait for you to hear them i hope that you disagree with one of them i'm not sure where fun. your stance is on something
0: it's like something that we've never talked about it's exciting oh my goodness okay this is this is crazy. Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll get my first one out of the way, which is just that he's back folks. We, we talked about him last week and lo and behold, Tom Brenneman (laughs) lives to call another game. To be clear, it's high school games. Um, but he will be back in the box, uh, calling some high school events, uh, via a service called chatterbox sports. This is he like Brockmeyer out- if Brockmeyer was anti-gay. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> this is so weird. Um there's there's not much to like actually unpack here or like discuss. Um the, the only thing that I really want to pull out of here is that he he made this announcement via a video where he talked about he how excited he is for this for this opportunity. And and he, he ended his announcement by saying, by the way, I think Castellanos just hit a home run to left. Mm. Which no. really just kind of tells me yeah, that he didn't learn anything. Nope. You don't, you
1: don't get to make the joke.
0: No, you do not. No, you just, you just don't.
1: Uh, and I think listeners get that. So let's move on. Um, my first down this week is a quote from Joe Girardi. And I don't think that it's really Joe Girardi's fault. I think he's probably in a really weird spot. I don't know that he can really say that much more. But he was asked um, earlier in the week about the main reason why guys on the Phillies are refusing the vaccine. And he he, he said it has to do with the lack of history behind the effects of the vaccine. Quote, everyone has their own belief system and some people aren't as trusting as others. I think there's like a really nuanced thing that he could get at if he wanted to say something like that, but I don't know that he really does want to share that very nuanced conversation. I think if Joe Girardi wanted to get up there and super duper educate himself and talk about how lack of information has cultivated certain anti-vax sentiments among certain demographics of people in the United States and a distrust of big government and um, all of the ways that it has fucked over anybody who's not a white, straight man in its entire history. Like, I think he could probably do that. But I don't know that that's really what's going on with the Phillies. And I think that you're sort of co-opting that very nuanced argument to defend Aaron Nola and Bryce Harper doing weird anti-back shit. And I don't like it. I don't care for it. I don't care for it at all.
0: This is the baseball team that was dealing with a COVID outbreak quite recently. Correct. I think I think this is we're talking about the same franchise. It turns out if you don't inoculate yourself against the virus, you can get the virus. But what about the fact that they just like came up with it really quickly?
1: There's another thing in this in this quote. He said it has to do with the lack of history behind the effects of the vaccine. It's like all right, if you really want to get in the nitty-gritty, like uh, Aaron Nola is welcome to get the Johnson and Johnson, a vaccine technology that has been around since the 1920s. You know, if he's not like comfortable with the mRNA vaccine, which is wrong, you should be plenty comfortable with that. There's no chip in there that's going to change your life. Wait, you you didn't get the you didn't get the chip? I I did. I know. It's why we've been off. Our chemistry has been off for the last couple months.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. the The CIA agent uh, is is sitting there trying to pull strings and and get us at each other's throats. Did the chip make you just love oat milk? Like all you can drink is oat milk now. You know, Mm -hmm. and you're like a woke liberal. Yeah, I'm a certified soy boy. This is dumb. Uh,
1: I that's it. That's it. Uh, this this came. I I should say that this came from a a tweet thread from Destiny Legardo, who is a um, who is the deputy editorial director for Phillies Nation, which is a Phillies blog.
0: Um, okay, what's next for you? Next for me is a bit of a tough one, in part because we really know very little about the the situation as a whole. Um, and there was a lot of, I think. Not really productive uh, discourse uh, around this, but White Sox catcher Yermian me, Mercedes uh, came out with a with an announcement this week, uh, a, a, an Instagram post basically saying he'd be stepping away from baseball. It said it's over. The he kind of apologized a, a little bit um, to media to fans, whatever, um, basically indicating. He's sorry if he was immature, whatever it is. Um, and that really threw people into quite a frenzy and there was a lot of finger pointing at Tony LaRusa and his treatment of the of the young player swinging at a 3-0 pitch. And I think that this is one of those cases where you don't necessarily have to have an opinion on things. I think the only real, Opinion that's worth having here is I hope he's doing all right, and he came back actually and posted on Instagram just a couple days later, saying, "I'm never going to give up. I've lasted ten years in the minor leagues. I I should mention that he had recently gotten demoted back to AAA um, after after struggling quite mightily, um, and he had been down there for uh, I believe a couple weeks, but." Ultimately, I think as as I like to say, like these are human beings with very real emotions, and it feels just a, almost as disingenuous to directly tie this uh, this event to Tony Rusa as it is to completely ignore it, right Someone like yourremy Mercedes has plenty of emotions and is dealing with plenty of things and is a multifaceted human being, one can assume. And I don't know. I think we occasionally make snap judgments in these cases when we ultimately know very little about what's what's going on.
1: I think that it's pretty condescending to think that this is the only reason that he might want to step away from baseball. Like this is yep. a guy who's had a lot of bad coaches who have mm-hmm. probably treated him worse than Tony La Russa has. Unfortunately, that's just the culture of baseball. I I think that it's OK to think that what LaRusa did is bullshit. In fact, I think that what La Russa did is total bullshit. And of course, yeah. I think that it might be the reason, but I don't know. And until he comes out and says that it is the reason, I think it's not worth speculating. Like you said, I think it's not worth having an opinion on that specific element of this that goes further than I'm sad that a guy is giving up on baseball. Or I'm sad that a guy briefly considered giving up on baseball. Because of how crushing it feels to go down to AAA after having that brief taste of amazing success at the Major League level. And... I don't think that we should entirely divorce this conversation from the one that we had about the Angels in the first half of this show because I cannot imagine what it would feel like to go through 10 years of minor league baseball under those conditions, make it have this very public conflagration with your manager over something so stupid and then to get sent back down to those conditions. Like I think that is more crushing to your spe- your baseball spirit And your manager reaming you out for swinging on 3-0. And I I don't think that that is going too far to assume that. So, I don't know. If this was Tony LaRusse's fault, fuck him. If it wasn't, fuck him. I have that (laughs) opinion either way. So
0: Yeah, I mean, all I'll say, and then we can move on, is I would have liked to have seen a veteran baseball coach who ostensibly knows a lot about the game show public support for his player and actually create an environment where he feels like the team's brass has his back. And maybe that changes this. Maybe it doesn't. I, you know, we can only guess at this point, but that should feel like a a baseline standard in every clubhouse. And it's a... And work environment. Like, this is where these these guys work.
1: Like, if your boss yelled at you for doing a good thing, because it offended another company. That would be weird. And it's weird in baseball, too. Yep. Um, Just on a basic human level, it's weird. It's a weird thing to do. Uh, Okay. Next down for me. Uh, A little less sticky. Um, Just a straight up... Just a couple opinions that I have, Alex. Okay. I love this. I just don't like the Mm K-Zone. I just want it to go away. That's the next down for me. Because... I, I tweeted about this, and so I apologize if you feel that I'm just rehashing tweets on this segment. It's kind of hard to come up with ups and downs this week, um, just on a just on a basic pulling back the curtain level. But the K zone has actually legitimately broken our brains. Anything that is borderline, either way, people are just they have carte blanche to be furious about it. And I just wish that we could just be like, that was one of 400 pitches that are going to get thrown in this game, and it was kind of close. So maybe he should have swung. Or it might go the other way next time. So maybe it'll balance out. Like we all get so angry about borderline pitches. And I just don't think that when they invented baseball in 1870, they imagined a world in which like one one hundredth of an inch you were going to be able to tell whether it was a ball or a strike. Like I think that they were just like throw it somewhere near the plate and we'll swing. And the problem is like we've made so scientific a sport that w- is not really apt to be made this scientific for a lot of reasons. And there's a friction there. And this isn't me saying, like, get rid of StatCast. I don't, I'm not saying that. I just think that, like, for something like the K-Zone, I think it would do all of our brains a service to just not treat it like the Holy Grail. Yeah. Because it's just a box on a screen, you know? It's just a box on a screen.
0: <laughs> it's, it's one of those situations where it's a little more information than we particularly need and does probably more harm to the overall discourse than, than good. Yes. And, and that's not to say that I don't think that like, it's an important or sometimes useful tool to have. And if we're being honest, like it has done a lot to show just how bad some umpires are, which like, there are some bad ones. There was a Padres game the other day that was almost legitimately decided by the umpires. In fact, the, um, the, the San Diego broadcast crew awarded the, all of their plays to the game to the, the umpiring crew <laughs> in that game, <laughs> which I, I, I just have to respect. That's, that's a power move. Yeah.
1: I, look, maybe I'm a hypocrite too, because when they take the K-Zone away, I feel like I miss it but that's only because i've been watching it with it there for the last 5 years and that's only because not to like toot my own horn or anything that's only because i feel like i can be logical when i see a pitch that is slightly off the outside but gets called a strike i mean we're acting like this is a capital offense every time like you you go stand back there and try to call it like as the batter is moving through and check swinging and the pitch is coming in at 99 with vertical and horizontal movement, and it looks like it caught the black. It looks like the moving sphere blur that is coming across the plate looks like it caught just a bit of the outside corner. I'm fine with them calling that a strike. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. And I, the Twitter detectives just make it worse. You know, they make this point, they drive this point home for me. Because it's like, I don't want to see the bad app. And I don't want to see you tweeting a video complaining that it didn't go through the K-Zone.
0: I just don't need it. The the like 3D zone is almost more frustrating to me, just because I can't really wrap my head around what like I I I understand what they're showing and how they are showing it. But when you're doing it in the middle of an at bat and it's over a questionable call and they're showing you the 3D zone and the camera's like moving around and they're like, look, the ball touched through this bottom quarter, uh quadrant. It it was just a quarter of the ball that that touched it for the front half of the zone. I'm like, this is not really adding to my understanding of what happened on that pitch. No. I'm just seeing a lot of shapes and them kind of confused and I'd like to see the next pitch, please. That
1: 3D zone is not how anyone in that equation viewed that pitch. It's not how the batter saw it. It's not how the pitcher saw it. It's not how the catcher saw it. And it's definitely not how the umpire saw it. So yeah, I, I concur. And I think that we would all be a little more sane if we could say that when you have two strikes, you should cover a little more of the plate, and when you don't, you're fine taking close pitches. That's it. I don't think that that's that controversial of a statement. Agreed. Don't get rung up with two strikes looking. Goes back to <laughs> Little League.
0: <laughs> there it is. Now we've got the, the talk radio sports. Maybe they should just uh, swing at close pitches. Maybe they should just be better up there. Maybe they just not I actually
1: out. think that I, I actually think it. Maybe this is just because I was a pitcher, but like just swing when it's close,
0: and then you won't get rung up. <laughs> so, but like if it's a ball, but the umpire might call it a strike, swing at it anyway. Yes. Even if you know that in theory, but you, you don't know hit it. you don't
1: know. You don't know that it's going to be a ball, no matter what people tell me. You can tell me that some batters have immaculate eyes. And maybe you could say that for like Soto. Soto can take close pitches. How about that? Juan Soto. But Votto. the, the Vado, sure. But the amount of guys who take a close pitch and it was a strike and then they whine about it just goes to show that they didn't know it was going to be a ball. So they're, they're not chasing a ball. They're just taking close strikes that actually a lot of the time end up being strikes. Like, I was watching the Red Sox-Yankees game today. Dude took a cutter on the outer half that when the catcher caught it, it was literally middle-middle. And then he whined about the, the call. So these guys don't know that it's going to be a ball. They just don't. They think it is going to be. It's a hypothesis. And then when they get back, they either whine about it if it was a ball or they're just radio silent about the fact that they complained if it was a strike. They're never like, sorry, I complained and it was a strike. So just swing. If you're wrong half the time, that's enough reason to swing.
0: There's a lot to unpack there. Um, <laughs> I'm so mad. I'm not I've really I'm not really going to touch that one. Um, but I, I'm i glad you're getting it out of your system. Thank you. Uh,
1: huh? The listeners are going to hear me on this one. They're going to know when the good people of Topeka, Kansas, hear this rant, they're going to go wild for it.
0: <laughs> um, okay. Well, this kind of transitions perfectly to my third down Amazing. because it's more um, uh, electronics, just bringing, bringing more science and electronics into this game. Uh, Major League Baseball is going to start testing electronic devices for catchers to give signals to pitchers. Did you hear about this? I did, yeah. This is a down for you? I'd love to hear this take. Let's go. I don't necessarily mind this, but I am fascinated to see how this rollout goes. So they're going to start <laughs> testing this in yeah. um, in the minor leagues this year. I'm sh- I'm sure. I Middle of the season, but I, that's
1: uh, wh- whatever. Maybe the minor uh, leaguers can steal it, pawn it for parts, make a little money, yes. be able to pay rent. I be just a good like
0: thing. <laughs> this is one of those things that like there are going to be. And maybe I'm wrong, but there are going to be so many bumps in the road. Like, let me describe to you w- what this system looks like.
1: Yeah, please do. Zeros and ones, cons- baby. Zeros and
0: ones. It consists of a transmitter that's worn on a catcher's wristband and two receivers that fit within the sweatband of the pitcher's cap and the padding of a catcher's helmet. The transmitter includes nine buttons to signal desired pitch and location and comes pre-programmed with English and Spanish audio tracks, though teams can also record their own. Information is passed from the transmitter to both receivers using an encrypted communication channel and played with bone conduction technology, which is... The name of my new metal album. Bone conduction technology. I don't know what the fuck that means. BCT. Yeah. So we're we're not cool with the COVID vaccine, but we're cool with bone conduction technology. (laughs) That one sounds a lot more pernicious. Um, I think that's a fancy word for like
1: vibration. Uh Like I think it buzzes. (laughs) I think that's what it does too. (laughs) You're right that this definitely has the potential to just go incredibly wrong. Going to be a lot of guys throwing fastballs when the catcher is looking curveball.
0: Yep, like that's just a. Fact. I don't know. The, some guys just have pudgy fingers. What happens when your hand slips? Bro,
1: the amount of times that I press the wrong button on my TV remote, so mm-hmm. often, and I the get amount of so typos I make
0: when I'm when I am texting, yeah,
1: and I'm not like sweating with a catcher's mask on. I'm just sitting on the couch. Yep, yeah, this is tough.
0: Anyway, I again, like, if Major League Baseball is making strides to like more securely transmit signals. Okay, fine. But like, a part of me is kind of like, guys, what are we doing here? How like, how far is this going to go? No more third base coaches anymore because those signs can be stolen too? Are we just like, we're out on sign giving entirely because we can't crack down on teams stealing signs? No signs, just vibes. You could argue that Sign stealing is a part of the game. You definitely And if your can. signs are getting stolen, you should probably get some better signs. In fact, a lot
1: of Astros fans co-opted that very same argument unfairly.
0: <laughs> Quite unfairly, because it feels to me like a very fair point, but I don't like it when they make it. Um, You know,
1: I just, it's my duty. I have to do my due diligence in pointing out that you hate every single rule change that MLB tries to institute. Everyone, you don't like any of them, and so, somehow you love the DH. The last time they made a rule change that that was this drastic, you love it. I don't get it. It's logically inconsistent. I don't even want you to respond. I just want to move on.
0: It's <laughs> <Lord. laughs> Nope. No, it's logically no, re- inconsistent to have one opinion and also a bunch of other opinions that but, completely you know, contradict the one opinion. Okay, they don't contradict the one. Oh, God, we're not good. We can't. We can't do
1: this. Next down. Sorry, I just came off a week of arguing about the DH with a friend who was in town, so I, I got bullets in the chamber. You know, I'm ready to go. I've been thinking about it a lot. Um, my next down. If you thought me yelling about the K zone was yelling at Cloud, okay. Here's my next one. We got to stop with beach balls at baseball games. No more beach balls. Can you get behind this? This is the one that I was not sure how you would react to. Um, I guess. I feel similarly uh, about this as I do about the wave. I'm just there to watch a, a baseball game. And maybe this makes me like a baseball weirdo, baseball puritan. But I'm trying to watch a baseball game and I don't want to get hit in the head with a beach ball. I just don't. I just don't. If I wanted to get hit in the head with a beach ball, I'd go to a public pool if I wanted to watch a baseball game, I'd go to a baseball game. And if I wanted to stand and do the wave, I would go to a middle school pep rally. Either way, just don't hit me in the head with the beach ball. And especially do not boo me if I hit the beach ball off the top deck into the mezzanine. This didn't happen to me. Sounds like you <laughs> had a very
0: personal experience.
1: <laughs> no, but I was at the Dodgers game yesterday. There was a lot of beach balls. It's like an like epidemic at Dodger Stadium. People are bringing beach balls. People are bringing blow-up dolls Human sized blow up dolls that they're throwing around in the stands. I don't want to get hit with a blow up doll leg
0: while I'm trying to watch Justin Turner's at bat. Okay. This is, this, this feels like I'm, maybe our listeners can correct me on this, but is this like a uniquely, I mean, I know that beach balls at baseball games are like, I think it's a Dodger common, stadium thing, but this Dodger, this sounds insane. Yeah. It's, it's, it's big beach ball.
1: This is mm-hmm. like a viral ad campaign for beach balls oh here we are talking about it so did it work they've incepted us okay but again no i did not hit the beach ball over the edge someone else did and they got mercilessly booed for like five minutes that poor person just wanted to watch the actual baseball game that they paid forty dollars for i don't know maybe this is my most boomery boomery pod ever but
0: no this is i i I, I can get behind you on this. I love this when is I feel really strongly about something and you just don't care, clearly,
1: from the I jump. Just, You're I, just
0: like, whatever. <laughs> right, well, again, I mean, if this is a uniquely... Um, uh, if this is a phenomenon that is, like, unique to Dodger Stadium, then I I understand your, your frustrations about it. I have not found beach balls at baseball games to be intrusive. overly <laughs> um, intrusive and an impediment to my enjoyment of the baseball game um the most it takes is usually for me to pick up the ball and just kind of hit it away nope but you know i have some people are 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 less accepting than others and that's just okay that's me the less accepting yep. one
1: <laughs> okay i think we've done all of our downs thankfully <laughs> that was the longest down ever <laughs>
0: yes yes yeah uh
1: okay so let's do our ups you go first
0: so uh, this first one I bring up it's it's real bars on the ground uh, moment for us here on tipping pitches and I I it almost it, it doesn't feel like it would be worth mentioning in really any context but I really only want to bring it out bring it up to draw a contrast between a, a similar situation that happened recently. Um, Nationals infielder Stalin Castro was placed on administrative leave uh, this past week uh um, I believe a couple weeks ago under its domestic violence uh policy. And doesn't seem like he's gonna be back with the team. And that assumption comes from this statement that uh general manager Mike Rizzo gave. And he said, We've got to do better. We've got to do better than this. The whole the whole world has got to do better than this. And it's unacceptable And it's zero tolerance here. And I don't care how good of a player you are, it's zero tolerance. And we're just not not going to put up with it. The only reason that I bring this up is because I would like to point out how easy it is to say something even remotely close to the right thing in these situations, whether you mean it or not, which is a whole other conversation. And we can talk and we have talked about Major League Baseball's um, role in in enabling abusers in its sport. And that's fine. And that's still very true today. But when something similar arose around Trevor Bauer uh, last month, the Los Angeles Dodgers and the faces of that organization were much more reticent in coming out and uh, putting the blame on Trevor Bauer. And, in fact, they acted like they were neutral parties in the in the situation, and that they really couldn't do anything about this they're gonna let the they're just gonna let this whole this whole process run its course. but look, their hands are tied, and uh, he's gotta remain the starting pitcher he's gotta remain on the roster and if nothing else, this statement proves that that's just fucking bullshit like I'm sorry, but like you run the baseball team, the buck stops with you. It does not stop with Major League Baseball. It does not stop with the players. <laughs> it's your fucking team. And I have to give Mike Rizzo the smallest of, of golf claps for even saying what could end up being platitudes because like, it's not that fucking hard. That's it. That's it. It's not that hard.
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it is such a stark difference and I just like... It's not lost on me that, of course, it's not lost on me that Dave Roberts and the Dodgers did not handle it well. In fact, Roberts came out and said, like, we can't do anything. Our hands are tied. Um, and it's not lost on me how the, the Dodgers stuck their neck out for that player in this past offseason. And perhaps I might theorize that some of that reticence had something to do with the fact that he was their highest paid player who they had gone against the grain and chosen to sign anyway, despite you know, previous red flags that have been discussed on this podcast. It's not lost on me how that type of decision-making, that type of string of bad decisions, might lead to reticence which couldn't cause more harm in a situation like this. And um, you know, good on, good on Mike Rizzo for not doing that, not propagating that kind of string of bad
0: decisions. I mean, and, and maybe, maybe this is a different situation if we're talking about a star player on the nationals, right? And yeah. not a um a player who's a, a free agent at the end of the year who is not necessarily a cornerstone of their team or anything like that. We might we might not be sitting here talking about this. Um but you know, you take what you can get, right? Yeah. Um okay,
1: my first up is uh, the Mets made a trade for a guy that I love. So weird, so weird when the Mets trade for players that are fun. Uh, it's actually not that rare to be honest. Like the the U N trade is like one of the most famous trades of the last ten years. Um, but Mets traded for Rich Hill. Uh, they gave up a couple of minor leaguers, and I put this on here because I think it's so fun to watch Rich Hill play. I doubt that this is the first time we've ever talked about this. Um, Rich Hill is a, a very well-covered story in the baseball community, specifically the the baseball nerd community. Because, like, if you're a hardcore, you kind of know the Rich Hill story. Like, you know that he went through a, a long time playing independent baseball, and he never gave up on it. And he finally got his chance in his like mid 30s, and he revolution or he he completely retooled how he pitches, and he throws like 80% curveballs, and they're all like 72 miles an hour, and I'm sure a lot of people know that already. I just point wanted to put it on this list because, like it's really pleasant to watch players who are not like cookie cutter versions of baseball players who are not just like anonymous next player and no shade to any other Mets player or any other pitcher in baseball, but it's just good for the viewing experience to be able to watch a guy that does something completely different than the guy who pitched the day before him. it's just it just keeps you coming back every day during a really long season, and I haven't watched a ton of Rich Hill in the last year or so i mean he's been on the raise so like i generally don't watch very much Rays baseball but you know they clearly knew what they were doing and acquiring him and they knew that he had a little bit left in the tank uh they might have traded him because they wanted to save six hundred thousand dollars but that's a completely different conversation that i don't feel like getting into i am just it, it's bringing up my spirits to watch rich hill in his mets yeah. debut he went um five innings three earned though he came out of the game when all three of those actually crossed the plate. So, you know, it was a mixed bag. Pretty successful
0: altogether, though. Giving real representation to sweaty old dudes who are just kind of tired all the time. He just looks like
1: he is having a tough go at all mm -hmm. times. He looks like he works a nine-to-nine and then comes home and cooks dinner and then washes the dishes and dries them and puts them away. (laughs)
0: Yeah, we could all use a, a little more of that in baseball today.
1: Uh, okay, what's your next up,
0: Bobby, I'm not going to shut up about the All-Star game. I'm just not going to do it. You We're literally sound week-
1: like a Georgia politician. <laughs> it's like, are you going to be running for office in Georgia soon? Are you just like trying to establish a track record of not stopping talking
0: about the All-Star game? You know, that may have been the case in, in recent weeks, but instead bobby i'm here to tell you that this may come as a as a bit of a shock to you but the you know that economic boom that the that the all-star game was going to bring yeah turned out to be more of a uh, more of a pop a crackle a fizz if you will because people are now looking at their at their receipts they are they are looking at the the customers that they they that they got. They're looking at trends and was there more people than average in downtown Denver during the All Star game? There were indeed um, hundred million dollars into the local economy. Not as <laughs> not as indeed. Um, one interesting tidbit that I will uh, that I will pull here, and I'm reading from uh, the Denverite. A report from the Downtown Denver Partnership shows that the weekend preceding the 4th of July drew more foot traffic to the area than the All-Star Game. More than uh, more than 250,000 people were walking around each day during the holiday weekend compared to 230,000 230, on July 13th, the day of the All-Star Game. Uh, the reporter for this talked to a couple... Owners of local businesses, um, bars in the area, and and one bartender at the at the the Giggling Grizzly said, We thought it would be packed from eleven AM on. And it's been like a like a slow burn. What we realized is that the people going to the All-Star game are really dedicated baseball fans that wanted to be here to see the players, to be a part of that, more so than drinking before or after you no way. don't say no way these are democratic party plants yeah
1: what's your real name local bar owner and mm-hmm. is, is it clinton Tom perez is it clinton mm-hmm. bro obviously this was false mlb is the one that's really getting burned by this they're gonna be really upset when they see this story Guess what? You're never getting press box access, Denver, right? <laughs> exactly. Um, this feels like... like. Did you think that suddenly every person that came to the All-Star Game just went out like the second that they got there? And did you also think at the same time that every person who lives in Denver also decided that they were going to go out with the hordes of people who came into town? Like, if the All-Star Game was in L.A., Yes, I would go to the All-Star game. But I wouldn't be like, because the All-Star game is here, I'm gonna go to this bar.
0: <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> yeah, especially when you're already spending a fuck ton of money on the All-Star Game. Yeah, I mean, yes. Okay. Good uh, good hopefully bow on
1: this story. <laughs> yes,
0: I hope that's our that's our epilogue, but we'll see. I'm sure that I'm sure there'll be more to come out. What is next up for you? Next up for me.
1: Is a video from Sunday Night Baseball. No, it is not of Alex Rodriguez. It is of Milwaukee Brewers shortstop who they acquired this year, Willie Adamas, who was mic'd up. I'm gonna play this audio for you, Alex.
0: Mi amor, mi amor, vamos. depiértate. Vamos, mi amor, depiértate, depiértate, amo, depiértate.
1: Uh, for those of you who haven't seen this video or heard this audio, this is uh, a video and the accompanying wired, mic'd up audio of Willie Adams talking to his bat. He is speaking to his bat. He is getting really close to his bat. He is kissing his bat. And for those of you who don't speak fluent Spanish, he is saying, my love, my love, let's go. Please wake up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just delightful stuff. And the type of stuff that, you know what? Sunday Night Baseball, good job. You don't hear a lot of flowers from us here on Tipping Pitches, but great work, ESPN producers. Phenomenal work. Choose the right guy. Get the
0: right, get the right material. I am 100% in favor of miking up baseball players that are not like actively in the moment trying to perform a baseball play. That's far more interesting to me than asking Freddie Freeman what he's going to do on this next pitch as he is waiting for the pitch to come in. Right, are you gonna swing? Saying, Freddie, are you going to swing? I'm just saying. are you going to swing?
1: Yeah. Hey, Fre- Freddie, are you going to swing?
0: Can you imagine if during this podcast, while you were making
1: a point, I was just was like, "Alex, are you going to make a point? Mm-hmm. Are, are you talking, Alex? You gonna are, jump, you talking? are you talking? You going to jump in are, here? You going to do? It's your turn to ask a question. You want to ask a question? What are you
0: seeing from this guest here, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> that and all that to say that Freddie Freeman is a wonderful human being to have mic'd up and and gave one of the more memorable mic'd up moments last spring training when he. Uh, went first to home on a little pop up, and he he called it whole way, whole way. He was just like having a conversation with the boys in the booth as he rounded third base. So I, maybe Freddie Freeman is the exception to the rule, perhaps. But this is a lovely, a lovely, lovely video of Willie Adams. Good work by Willie Adamas. I, I speak to my microphone before actually speaking into it. You know, we have a candid conversation. Yeah, and it served you well. Uh, okay, what's your final up this week? My third up this week. Bobby, I, th- I think might be the same as yours. And we teased it up top, but we got to do it to him. New Unionize the Miners shirts, a new baseball cap. That merch is dropping today. This episode is, is dropping on, on Monday, July 26th. And if you hit that Shopify, you will see some items that that are in desperate need of, of purchasing. Yes. I'm just so, going to put that out there.
1: We're giving the listeners a bit of a head start. If you're the type of person who listens to this podcast first thing Monday morning, we love you so much. And to show that love and appreciation. We are giving you the drop on everybody else at two o'clock Eastern Standard Time. I don't know if it's actually Standard Time right now or if it's Eastern Day, Daylight Time. Two o'clock Eastern, Alex. The Tipping Pitches merch is going to drop. It is going to be An A's inspired, Unionize the Minors shirt. A Minnesota Twins inspired, beautiful design from Alex Baisley himself, Unionize the Miners shirt. And the moment maybe some of you have been waiting for, but really just (laughs) Possibly a few of you. Possibly a few of you. We don't know how many of you have been waiting for, but we're just going to create the demand anyway. A baseball cap. A dad hat, Alex, that says no
0: billionaires in baseball. So. If you're listening to this right now. Because we, we need to maintain the brand, right? <laughs> we would not be us if we didn't. So if you're
1: listening right now, and it's after 2 p.m. Eastern, please get to that link as soon as possible. And if it's before 2 p.m. Eastern, set a timer, you know? Get ready to get there and purchase a hat because they are limited. The hats are limited. The shirts, we have as many of those as there will be demand. But the hats... Only a select few people will get hats that say no billionaires in baseball.
0: Worth mentioning, as some of you know, all proceeds from Unionize the Minor Shirts go to more than baseball to support their efforts in improving the lives of minor league baseball players and their their families. They 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 work with with them to find housing. They um work with them to get them food if they need it. They are doing some really really amazing stuff and we obviously at any turn urge you to to go and check them out independently of these shirts but you know if you want to if you want to support minor leaguers and also get a cool shirt dope, yeah or a cool there's, yeah. a, there's a good way to do that two birds one stone yes exactly um
1: same policy goes if you get a shirt and you it arrives and you put it on and you go to a baseball game and you take a picture of yourself wearing said shirt you will get shouted out on the podcast. So that's motivation enough, you know? Speaking of which, Bobby, do you have some shout-outs you you want to make? Yes, Alex. I do have people to shout-out. Hopefully, the drop of this new design means that I will have plenty of new people to shout-out as well. Um, Shout-out to Phillies Pitchers Union. um, Legendary listener of Tipping Pitches. Constantly sharing pictures of themselves in the Unionized Minor shirts. Uh, Shout-out to Jess. Shout-out to Joe. Shout out to Tyler. Shout out to our man, Brent, who hosts Locked on Angels, has an original Unionized the Miners Phillies design. Those, not many of those flown around in the world. Um, Brent's the best. If you're an Angels fan, um, sorry your team owner hates you, but also go listen to Locked on Angels. Brent is great. Uh, shout out to Helene. I hope I'm saying her name right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Uh, shout out to Bobson. Shout out to Drennan. Shout out to the entire Akron chapter. Of Democratic Socialists of America. Are you familiar with their work, Alex? DSA, Democratic Socialists of America? Heard heard of Shout out to the the entire Akron chapter who uh, took a a chapter trip to the Akron Rubber Ducks game and made signs that said unionize the miners. That's a special shout out, independent of the shirt situation. That's a really cool thing to do. Um, Shout out to Mac and shout out to Otis. I don't know if that's your actual name, but it's in your Twitter handle, who sent shirts to their friends who were going to a Portland Sea Dogs game. Final shout-out goes to Charlie from the Durham Bulls game. Uh, I think that's it. I'm sorry if I missed you. Um, But the good news, if I did miss you, is you can
0: buy an A's or Twins
1: or Phillies or Dodgers unionize the Miners shirt and get a shout-out from me on the podcast.
0: Yeah, we had to throw the Twins in there to dispel any notions of coastal bias, on our part we've 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 hit AL we've hit NL east central west i don't know bobby maybe 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 next we partner with some minor league teams you think they'll be receptive to this they'll probably be on board right mm-hmm. you think the rubber ducks be down to do a unionize the miners night i would love it if
1: they were i would really love it if they were um okay i really we got to get out of here, but I really cannot recommend enough that you go check these designs out. Alex absolutely crushed it. Um, I didn't tell him that I was going to shower him with praise on the podcast, but I could tell from the look on his face, he feels totally comfortable accepting praise at all moments of his life. He's very good at that. Uh, especially this Twins one. I love this Twins one. Even if you're not a Twins fan, it's their classic design, which I didn't know what it looked like before. I, unfortunately, I'm very sorry. I don't remember the listener who suggested that we look into this design, but if that listener is you, Email us, please. I'd like to know. And I'd like to give my proper thank you directly. Um, That's it. That's all I got. Oh, that's not true. The last thing that I have to say, for special special for listeners of the podcast, is the promo code for this new merch drop. I'm just going to say it. It's it's definitely a joke, but it's definitely still going to work and get you 15% off. That promo code is JLO. J-L-O. If you've been plugged in you know that the promo code for the previous merch was A-Rod I believe that's still in effect also you could use either don't use both come on that's fucked up but just use one or the other choose choose your fighter A-Rod or J-Lo promo code A-Rod or J-Lo <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah choose choose the team that you're that you're standing behind we're we're never gonna do an Affleck promo
1: yeah J-Lo is way there. ahead though but she's, she's I mean A-Rod did buy a, a basketball team <laughs> I don't know man we're late yes. in the podcast thank you so much for listening we'll be back
0: next week I fall asleep with my friends around me only place i know i feel safe i'm gonna call this home
1: hello everybody uh, i'm alex rodriguez tipping pitches tipping pitches this is the one that i love the most tipping pitches
0: so we'll see you next week see ya